Pierce. Pierce. Welcome to Culture Night. Where each week we drink fancy wine and watch movies that are in some way culturally significant. I'm Andrew. And I'm Sarah. And we are back for season two, episode two of mm-hmm. Culture Night Pod. And thank you to anybody that's tuning in and listening, whether this is your first time here or you're coming back. We appreciate all of you. And um, now we, I guess, don't really have any podcast business. Uh, I mean, we can uh, give a thank you to someone who has already given us a recommendation or a couple of recommendations. Yes. Um, All right. We um, So last week on the pod, we asked for any recommendations for anybody that really loves the film noir genre, since that is our focus for season two. And we got a response from James Fergan on Twitter, and he loves that we're doing the film noir theme. Mm-hmm. So thank you for um, enjoying our choice. And he recommended The Big Heat, Kiss Me Deadly, Double Indemnity, Where the Sidewalk Ends, The Maltese Falcon, Laura, The Big Combo, and Sunset Boulevard. That's a lot. I don't know if we'll have that many this season, but depending on how it goes. We, we might have to do a film noir round two, yeah. but um, spoiler alert, one of those is on our list tonight. So mm-hmm. so thank you for the recommendation, James. James. Yes, James. we appreciate you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. This week, we are drinking the 2014 Tobin James Fat Boys Infidel. Let's give it a give it a sniff. It has a very pungent alcohol first mm-hmm. first sniff. Get like a bit of like um, like plum, mm-hmm. um, like prune almost on the on the nose. It it has like it's kind of punch you in the face with alcohol, but then it has like a real f- like very fruity. Mm-hmm. Dark fruity. When I when I poured it, it, it smelled more alcohol forward, but it seems like a little bit of aeration is gonna help. So let's give it a taste. It's almost like a sour sweetness though. Mm-hmm. I it's like very good on the undernotes. Like it is very alcoholy on the first mm-hmm. taste, but that underlying note is like the sour like sweet. A dryness. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's just like really tannic, just really dry on the tongue there. Um I thought I tasted some berry at first, but I don't I want to give it a second taste. Yeah, it's a lot. It's not like raspberry sweet or those like brighter summery fruits that I think mm-hmm. of, but it's like a very like warm, wintry, dark fruit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the, I don't think of plum really as being a winter fruit, but I feel like that yeah. kind of. I mean, I don't really think of a lot of fruits as being winter fruits, mm-hmm. but yeah. It, I don't know, there's something good mm-hmm. underlying that's very, very good to it. Yeah. So awesome. We will dig into this a little more as the episode goes on. Mm hmm. So we don't have a behind the screens segment this week. Um, it's been kind of a wild week to prepare anything, but we'll, we'll get back to that next week. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we can kind of combine our deep dive and the behind the screens mm-hmm. into one if we really want to play the sound effect. Yeah, I, I like hearing <laughs> it, so. All right, so for this week, going behind the big screens of Hollywood and learning some more about some aspect of film production or storytelling, I did a little deep dive. This kind of goes back to last week on um, just the film noir genre. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot to be learned about the film noir genre. So instead of going really deep and talking and talking and talking and talking today, I'm just doing a little intro mm-hmm. and have kind of a little challenge almost for us as we move forward Ooh. on these. And then we'll we'll dive into different aspects of this as we move forward with each episode of this season. So um, to start off with, according to Wikipedia, film noir is a cinematic term used primarily to describe stylish Hollywood crime dramas, particularly those that emphasize cynical attitudes and motivations. Interesting. Does that, has that how you would describe it? Um, No, I would just think black and white crime drama, but Mm-hmm. I mean, what I take then again, is... again, all movies were black and white then. True. So. Uh, stylish Hollywood crime drama, I think, is a good mm-hmm. good fit for it. 
Um, so that's like their definition of it to, to start with. And this genre was in its prime time during the 40s and 50s, which mm-hmm. is also, I mean, last week was in the movie was from 1940. So right, right there. Fit right, right in there. And then the term film noir is French, literally French for black film, but the closer, more interpretive meaning that people attribute mm-hmm. it to is a dark film. I was going to say so dark makes those much more sense. Dark undertones. And so I started reading some more and there is a lot more information that I have to share about this, but mm-hmm. I will save that for next week. But um, on my quick internet search, I came across a list from Todd on the blog, The Cinema Monolith. Ooh, and All right. <laughs> these are his 10 things that he thinks makes up a film noir movie. So I figured I will read them. And then since we're kind of about to go into our slept on it for Stranger on the Third Floor, mm-hmm. we can go back through and check off. And then every week, we then mm-hmm. we can give them a score, a film noir score mm-hmm. out of 10 of whether or not they meet how, these 10 things. How noir are thou? <laughs> it gets worse than why I, I was trying to come up with a cool segment name sorry no I mean no I, I liked where you were going we'll, we'll, we'll workshop mm-hmm. it a little bit so um, according to his how more you are sorry <laughs> we will workshop it in the coming seven days and, <laughs> and come up with a better title but we will I'll just read the list <laughs> so these are Todd from the cinema monoliths 10 things that make a film noir movie. Mm-hmm. Number one, made in the classic noir period, which he considers to be from 1940 to 1958. Um, black and white, uh, short and square, meaning that it is under 100 minutes and it is shot in the square aspect ratio. Um, point number four is that it's made and set in the US. And five is crime, murder, and guns. So there's some element of one or all mm-hmm. of those things. Um, point six is double crosses, flashbacks, and voiceover narration. Point seven is dangerous babes, some kind of femme fatale, mm-hmm. um, alluring female that wants to bring mm-hmm. the bat, bring the innocent male mm-hmm. down. Um, riding the rails, there's some kind of element of train riding, metros, subways, that stuff. And two more. Point nine is from dusk till dawn. The majority of the film mm-hmm. takes place in the night hours in the dark and point 10 is it ends on a sour note. So it's not a whole happy. Everybody ends Mm -hmm. up where they need to be. There's something that kind of is like a last minute plot twist. So I will go through them again and, or do we want to, I'm going to be looking for a plot twist each time. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know if that'll spoil this for you. Um, I don't know if you want me to go through them again Mm -hmm. now and we can rate stranger on the third floor. If you want to wait till we like really go into slept on it or, I mean, I feel like we're going to slept on it right now. Right. All right. Yeah. So, I'll read them again and mm-hmm. we'll think back to last we'll week. Quick. So, um, made in the classic noir period, 1940, 1958. 1940. Um, black and white. Yep. Yes. Short and square. Yes. I don't remember it being square. It might've been, it might've just been modified the version we were watching. Yeah. It was definitely short being mm-hmm. only an yeah, hour an long. Hour. Love it. We'll give it a point. Um, made and set in the U S yep. took place in New York city, crime, murder, and guns. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there was guns. Definitely. There was definitely murder. crime and murder. Um, Double crosses, flashbacks, and voiceover narration. Flashback and voiceover. Yeah. And Dangerous Babe, there was not... I mean, Jane was just a character. I don't... I don't. She was, she was not... in danger in the end when she went to try to... Like, she was in danger. With this guy she thought was the killer. She was not a bad guy, though. Mm-hmm. Um, riding the rails, there were no trains that I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, from dawn till dusk. Besides the from courtroom scene... Yes, I'm sorry. Dusk till dawn. Yeah. Sorry. Um the courtroom stuff was during the day, but most of the whole rest of the movie took place mm-hmm. that one night where he, you know, was going kind of crazy. Yeah. He had his nightmare that mm-hmm. took the whole night. 
um, and then ends on a sour note. I feel like this all kind of wrapped yeah. up well. Mm-hmm. So Stranger on the Third Floor gets a six out of 10 on the noir list, mm-hmm. but it was the first one. So it yeah. was, it's just starting to, or mm-hmm. is according, I think it might be controversial whether or not it's the first one, but starting to lay the groundwork work yeah. for what a noir film is. So um, we will be looking out for those things. That concludes our How Noir Are You Are uh, yar, how noir yar. Uh, if you segment. can't say it, it can't be the title. <laughs> how noir yar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Yes. Um, so does your rating change after sleeping on it? Um, I gave it a 4.8 and you gave it a 5.3. Um, not really because I feel like I need to see more of these before mm-hmm. I can really change my score. I mean, I think on first thought, maybe I'd bump it down to like an even five or maybe just under five, mm-hmm. but I think that might change in like two or three weeks once I've seen more film noir movies. See, I was going to bump it up 0.1 to a 4.9 just because I can kind of see how it could become like a cult classic type thing where it's like, not, not that it was bad, but like one of those like so bad it's good, especially mm-hmm. bad the acting. Um, yeah. I don't know how much like the the whole nightmare sequence took forever. Um, but I could see, you know, based on what I, where I tuned in, if I was watching it, I might kind of watch the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll give it a, another point one. But I, that, I appreciate that's not all I'm willing to give it. Yeah. I appreciate the thought you put into that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just still holding out for any other mm-hmm. mo- getting more information. I don't feel like I don't really have enough information to give a good yeah. score on that one. Um, do you have any other thoughts or anything after watching last week? I think that's it. I'm excited to turn the page and go into tonight's movie. Mm-hmm. So what are we watching tonight? We are watching the Maltese Falcon from 1941. Um, the movie is not rated given that it, it predates Predated. rating. <laughs> uh, not that it's unrated or anything or, or crazy like that. Um, the top three movies released that year were Sergeant York um, with that gross 16 million um, gone with the wind, which says 1939, but it might, must've grossed or still been running and grossing more, more money that grossed to 12.2 million and suspicion uh, that grossed 4.5 million. And again, just a disclaimer for anybody that missed last week's episode, it is obviously hard to find specific mm-hmm. um, stats and data from the early 1940s. And especially, I don't know wh- whether these websites are modifying for inflation or where mm-hmm. exactly they're getting all their numbers from, but this is just what. Yeah, I don't know how reliable numbers could possibly be given that like everyone's paying in cash and they've got all these small town theaters or. Mm-hmm. Everyone's probably like, paying in coins, not even yeah. <laughs> in cash. Um, so who knows? But uh, the top three songs released that year were Chattanooga Choo Choo by Glenn Miller, Daddy by Sammy Kay, and Stardust by Artie Shaw. Can't say I know any yeah, of those. Yeah, I can say that I'm not familiar with a single one of those. Yeah. We'll have to give them a listen sometime and mm-hmm. see if they're any good. Yeah. So um, going back, this is one of the movies that James on Twitter recommended. Mm-hmm. So um, it was kind of on our radar. I'd seen it on a couple lists because, like I said last week, most of our information mm-hmm. for this has been like Google top noir films mm-hmm. and kind of just trying to pull from there. So this was one I'd seen a couple times and it was not really at the top of our list, but we were going to watch another movie tonight until we got the recommendation and then we, yeah, we made a quick so pivot. So thank you. Appreciate that. Um, have, have you seen it before? Absolutely not. <laughs> nope. And I know nothing about this movie, but part of me hopes that the Falcon is like a like a gang or some sort of like Ooh. some sort of crime boss name or something. If it's just about a bird, I'm not sure how excited I am. Well, I will say for me, a Maltese is a little cute puppy. So mm-hmm. that's all I can think of when I think no. about this. And I okay, never mind. I really don't think <laughs> any animals really have anything to do with I don't this. Know, there's like rappers nowadays now named like little baby. So True. maybe it was kind of one of those things of like I'm gonna give a really cute name, but I'm actually big and tough. tough. 
Yeah, I have, I really have nothing to expect. I feel like the title of this, I mean, last week, Stranger on the Third Floor. It's probably gonna be some strange man on the third floor of some building. Gives you a little bit of mm-hmm. a place to go with this. This, I've got nothing. So kind of anxious yeah. to dive in and see what it brings. Yeah, let's so, go. Yes, the Maltese Falcon. Cheers. We never remember. Did mm-hmm. I record? Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, got it this time. The uh, Maltese Falcon. Yes. That uh, that was a wild ride. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll skip ahead for just one second, mm-hmm. and then we'll go to wine. One of my notes literally just says "what" in all caps mm-hmm. because <laughs> it just it just not what I was expecting. Felt like there were so many more layers to that movie than I expected. Yeah, just kept going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, but before we go too far down that whole rabbit hole, let's um go with the wine reading starting with the wine scale being a zero to 10 scale and um all of these wines are weighted given the fact that they are all nice wines so a low score does not necessarily mean the wine is bad these are all very good wines that being said how would you rate this particular wine i'm going to give it a 6.1 i think i'm gonna give it like a 4.3 that's what i thought when you opened it and mm-hmm. you asked me is this wine gone bad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I smelled it and it was a little pungent and it was a, the cork also disintegrated, like didn't give me too much faith in there. Yeah. But it, it, it caught me off guard. It mm-hmm. surprised me. And it's just as lovely again, spoiler alert. This is day two. If you're not watching on YouTube and you're just listening, you can't mm-hmm. tell, but we are wearing different clothes. We finished this on a different day and I enjoy it just as much right now. Yeah. I just, um, it, it, it's not something that I'm going to like, you know, rave about or, you know, it, it, it's it's not um, my favorite of them. It's still a good wine. Don't get me wrong. Um, if someone like pours me a glass, I'm not going to spit it out and pour it down the drain or something. But it, it it didn't really do too much. It was very alcohol forward. It took a while for me to get to a point where I could really enjoy it. Um, but it does have a lot more like body to it and mm-hmm. um, some of those like dark fruit earthiness, you know, that we that we do like in the wine. So um, giving it a, a four point three. I understand that. I respect that. Mm-hmm. I still really liked it. All right, so movie rating out of 10. Um, I'm going to give it a 6.1. Okay, I was going to give it a 5.8. Mm-hmm. I just, um, you know, I don't really see it as being too quotable. Um, rewatchable, if I'm in the right mood, like possibly there's a lot going on. I feel like I would need a cup of coffee to like rewatch it again. For sure, and I think I'd like to... S- I mean, not that I want to sit down and rewatch it right now, mm-hmm. but there was so much going on that I think I would take a little bit more from and it. And like from we were very pass. focused on the movie and I feel like I still missed a ton. I had to Google plot summary mm-hmm. just so I could make sure that I was following it. And I read two different ones between mm-hmm. when we stopped watching last night and before we started watching again tonight, yeah. just to make sure I knew what was going on. We stopped with like, or we watched the last 40 minutes tonight. And I'm glad we turned the subtitles on because it made it a lot easier to understand what was going on. I think that's something we might need to do for the rest of this yeah, genre. Just, you know, there's a lot of background noise. I don't think audio balancing or anything was really a thing back mm-hmm. then. Um, that it, it got a lot um, easier to understand what was going on once we, we turned that on. Yes, for sure. All right. Movie description. Kick us off. Where did it start? <laughs> uh, a private detective gets hired bunch of people get murdered turns out there's this underlying plot to find some figurine um in the end they don't even find said figurine but the private detective is able to put all of the bad guys away um and 
um, I guess, saves the day in a way. I don't know. I don't know if he saves the day. He, he's able to get all the loose ends wrapped up and avenge his partner's murder, I guess. That's good. That's very good. Glossed over a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know how into detail you were going to get. And I was about to be like, just just give the I general. I want to like rebrand this as like my 20 second summary to try to time box myself. Because this one I could have gone for an hour and 40 minutes and I still don't think I would have uncovered. Yeah. Thank you for not going yeah. into that much detail. I think you did a good. All right. So according to the TV, it says a private detective takes on a case that involves him with three eccentric criminals, a beautiful liar, and their quest for a priceless statuette. Yeah. Sure. I think it kind of... Um, I mean, you thought out. you glossed over it. This really glossed over all the murders. It. I feel like three eccentric criminals implies like um, the sticky bandits or something from Home Alone. Like yeah. a bunch of like... Or like the three stooges. Yeah. Like something like relatively crime. harmless, a bunch of like, you know, antics and shenanigans and, and sue. But like, no, they were, they were, they were guns. They were shooting people. Mm-hmm. They weren't very aggressive though. Their mm. fight scenes were, we'll yeah. get into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> was the movie what you expected? No. I'm going to go with an absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess I did give a, a, a guess for what I thought it was before we um, watched mm-hmm. it. It um, was far beyond what I, what I really thought. I did know that it had a private detective. So I was mm-hmm. excited for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I guess I, my second guess was going to be that they, she was trying to find some bird, like actual bird and they probably hired a private detective. I assume there's going to be some sort of like, detective crime thing with all of these movies Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah um yeah i didn't really know anything about it i mean i it's a film noir movie so i figured it followed some of the Mm -hmm. basic parts of a film noir but there was a lot of layers to this one that's for sure yeah all right how was um, how well did it it age? age slash could it be made today um i thought it aged pretty well to be honest Mm -hmm. um I think that obviously some of like we mentioned a second ago, some of the action sequences were a little bit cringy just because they were so slow. That like anyone could have wrestled their way out of some of like the, you know, uh, disarming and, and those kind of things. Not believable at all. Uh, but otherwise I thought it, it was, it was pretty great. And I would love to see like a remake um, like taking place in that time period. Mm-hmm. I don't think a, a remake taking place in the modern day would, would be as exciting but taking no. place in that time period, I think could be really well done. Yeah, I think today. it could be done a lot better now, mm-hmm. but it was not bad. Yeah. Did they say that the title of the, did you have something else to say? No. Did they say the title of the movie in the movie? Yes. Maybe yes. not with the the, but probably with the the, Maltese Falcon, they talked about it I a mean, lot. Yeah, I guess so. I think I, in my mind, it was more, they're talking about like the Falcon or the, the statuette or. I think when the, uh, uh, the, the, I guess they called him the fat man was, um, was telling the story of the origin of the figurine. He, I think he called it the Maltese Falcon. Gotcha. Um, so I think they, I believe they did say the title of the movie in the movie. Did the title fit the movie? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was kind of, it didn't make sense for the first like 20 or so minutes cause they don't really mentioned it for a while mm-hmm. until they've like further gone down the, the case. Um, and I think that I was kind of confused why they were calling it that. Yeah, for a while. I mean, I guess, but they also had that thing at the beginning, at the end of the credits, before the actual movie mm-hmm. started, that was the in, in 1593 yeah, yeah. or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. so you kind of knew about it. it. To come back. You you knew about it, and then you forget about it because so much other stuff happens. Then it comes back, and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. That's how this started. It just kind of starts out like a, a whodunit type thing of like, 
two people were murdered. We don't know who it was. And they're like trying to find it out for a while. And you remember, but there was this really like weird pre-scroll thing about mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, was the Mayans or someone. The, the Malta. Oh, Malta. Yeah. Someone was, uh, had, had, had this Falcon that meant something uh, that obviously came back to tie it in later. Um, next question. Were there any actors that went on to do bigger things? Um, Humphrey Bogart. Yes, of course. From um, from what I quickly researched last night, I think this was kind of his fir- one of his first bigger roles where he went mm-hmm. from being like a, a side player before mm-hmm. to being the main. Exclusive player there. I said that just for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, that this was one of his first like main mm-hmm. character roles. Yeah, I definitely have heard the name before. I don't think I've ever seen any movies with him in it Me before. Either. I read a lot on his Wikipedia page. He is very interesting. I'm, I'm excited to go down that. <laughs> that wikipedia page um there were at least two actors players from the stranger on the third floor um the, i guess the actual killer from the stranger on the third floor was one of the the henchmen in this movie and, Kylo. Then, and then the guy who was i guess framed, framed for that or unjustly i guess um found guilty and it wasn't actually him uh in the stranger was um one of the other henchmen in this as well. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting seeing them, them play multiple roles, uh, like back to back. I guess these were made about a year apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is still like er- early on in the film noir genre that, I mean, yeah, they feel the, like it's back to back movies probably in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things. They probably did a lot of back to back movies. I feel like movies used to be pumped out a lot more than there wasn't a huge long editing process, I guess. You just kind of splice some stuff together and you, you had it there. Um, and I guess it's also not surprising. There probably weren't a huge amount of actors, mm-hmm. um, especially in that, particular genre that we might see some more of them as we watch more of these mm-hmm. Inter- interesting to look, to look out for them definitely yeah i mean we already have some crossover that just from actors that i can't wait to see what else mm-hmm. comes from this as we keep going deeper into this um what impact do you think this movie had on pop culture slash do you feel cultured after watching it um well from my research this there is debate as to whether this or stranger on the third floor is the first true film noir mm-hmm. movie that i think this also has a lot of those we'll get to our check boxes mm-hmm. of film noir things in a minute but i think this one kind of kicked off a lot of that yeah this this felt more like one of the what i think of as mm-hmm. the the film noir movies where there's a lot of a lot more like detective work and or like private detective especially work in the background and this definitely i think checked a lot more boxes i guess we'll see in a second yeah i'm excited um, to go through those of that do you have that list i do hold up because we will go through that before we go through the notes and do you know if it's me that goes first um you go first tonight okay so you're ready for me to go through my list yep okay so made in the classic noir period 1940 to 1958 check, check. black and white check, check. short and square check. it's it is 101 minutes, but we will give it the 100 mm-hmm. minutes or shorter because that's credits and yeah. other stuff. Um, made and set in the U.S., check. in San Francisco. Crime, murder, guns. Check, check, check. check. Um, double crosses, flashbacks, mm-hmm. and voiceover narration. Not as much voiceover. Yeah, no voiceover, and I don't think there were uh-huh. any flashbacks. But there was. There, this had double crosses where a stranger on the mm-hmm. third floor did not. Um, dangerous babes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she was sneaky. Yeah. I didn't really trust her. And I think it's because you had just read that list before we started. Yeah. I wish you hadn't because I, I, I wouldn't I have suspected her as much. I would have been. I, I wasn't sure as of whether or not we should bring this in, but mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, we're watching these movies for a reason that it felt like no, we, I love we needed it. to know. Um, and then riding the rails. Were they, was anybody on train? There was a, the boat. Yeah. I don't think there were there any. There was no train in this one. Crazy, no. Um, from dusk till dawn. Yes. A lot of a the lot movie of it, yeah. took, took place, place at night. night. That's eight. 
um, and ends on a sour note. This one kind of wrapped up nicely. I was I was expecting something. I guess someone a sour note because he was con- conflicted of whether he should turn her in or not. I don't know yeah, if that's but really I, th- sour note. I think for me it would have to be like he ran away with her, mm-hmm. or he ended up having the real Falcon and was going off to do yeah. more like crime things and not just be this perfect mm-hmm. man. I don't yeah. know. I we'll see if we f- come across another movie that has a true sour ending. Mm-hmm. But this one gets eight out of ten for yeah. the film noir score. Mm-hmm. A very very dark gray. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> now he's gonna start color coding coding it. Pull out some like paint samples. I'll find out the hex code for this. <laughs> All right. So lastly, do we answer, do you feel cultured after watching this? Yes, I, I definitely do. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I feel like this was more of what, what I expected from the film noir. Yeah. And I, again, just to watch movies that were made in this time and to see what the acting was like and mm-hmm. uh, the dialogue and how the story was told. I think it, it's going to, it just is going to be interesting to watch this evolve mm-hmm. as we watch other movies over time. Yeah. And I, I think when I say like the acting or some of the acting was bad, I don't think it was necessarily the acting so much as it was more of the action sequences, which is hard to do convincingly when you don't have like a bunch of camera angles and um, CGI and all that other sort of stuff. And it's not, this movie wasn't necessarily, excuse me, about the, uh, the special effects or anything mm-hmm. that uh, I'll figure that there. I don't, I, I, um, and I think I th- it was overall very good. I think in 2023, we go to an action movie and expect to see like true punching, fighting, like mm-hmm. it, it, it's expected to be so much more intense and believable and you go for the intensity of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm sure sh- the fact that they even had guns was shocking enough in mm-hmm. the 40s that I think the shock factor is very different now as it was then. And that yeah. this this was all it they needed. much more realistic to kids then, or mm-hmm. kids with people then. Um. So I guess now we'll move on to notes. Um, my first note was, were there just fewer people needed to make movies in that time period? Because they didn't say the credits were that long. And I don't know if maybe they just didn't credit, you know, every last person of the catering staff then, or they didn't really have best boys. I My guess would be more that they just didn't credit a lot of the like, you know, behind the scenes help. I believe from my deep dive on the MPAA, not MPAA, scratch that. I believe from my deep dive on opening credits, it wasn't until unions really started forming mm-hmm. I think closer to like the sixties or seventies where they really started to credit more and more of the cast and crew. Mm-hmm. And that's why they started moving the credits to the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it was really just the actors to start with the players. The, yeah. Sorry, it seemed like it was that players. plus like the director and like executive producer, people like really, I guess funded it. Um, it wasn't necessarily, yeah. Like all of the behind the scenes people that actually like helped make it. Mm-hmm. But I am sure that it is a lot less than it is now of people that were involved in making these. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot less intricacies to a movie like this as opposed to Terminator or Indiana Mm -hmm. Jones or all of those bigger action type movies. Uh, Next note was I I got some Janet Snakehole vibes from O'Shaughnessy when she walked in in the beginning and she was like really done up over the top. And I'm like, do you really like dress like that? to just go see like detective when you think you're like in danger or something like, or do you try to wear something a little bit less obnoxious or something? It's just yeah, her, like a lot. She didn't have the, the, the over the top accent that um, Janet Snakehole, that being um, Aubrey Plaza's character in the Parks and Rec. Um, Snakehole episode of Parks and Rec, um, where she's acting like one of these time period actresses. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I did seem like it was, I can't believe people would have just dressed like that just just to go out on the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her like furs that was just not even like in, made into a coat, just like the straight up animal. And whatever she was doing with her hair, mm-hmm. all up the poof. Yeah, the hair is something I could probably talk about for a long time because I just don't understand it mm-hmm. from this time period. But 
Um, we'll move on. <laughs> she also talked about how she um, waited for three days at a market for her sister. And she's probably lying now that we know more about her. But can you imagine going somewhere and waiting for three days for someone that you're not sure there's ever going to actually show up? So I also have a note on this. Just the not being the how I don't even know how to say it, how not connected they are in mm -hmm. the 40s and how much more difficult it is to find anybody. I mean, I'm shocked they find any criminal ever. Mm -hmm. How does anybody find anything? Or if you lose like a, somebody that wants to disappear, how do you ever find them? Mm -hmm. I just truly don't know how that happens. A, like just say there's someone else and then that's it. That, that you, just, you are someone else then. Yeah, there's no like internet to send an actual picture. You can like send a sketch or you can mail across the country a mm -hmm. photo. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But it's not like you can just go down to Walgreens and get something printed or printing off from your computer. You have to like mm -hmm. develop it. And I mean, it just, it's a lot more work to but, find somebody uh, back then. But with the, the waiting for three days at a, at a market, like I hate waiting for like, you know, 15 minutes for someone it, when I know that they're going to be there. Cause they like texted me saying they're like on their way. Um, I can't imagine waiting for three days, just, just sitting there tapping your foot being like, yep, maybe they'll show. Maybe they won't. And she maybe can't I even, them. like she can't even scroll through Insta mm -hmm. or, you I know, guess people watching the, could have been fun. That people were mm -hmm. way overdressed and everything. No wordle, no nothing uh, to entertain her. She just yeah. sat there and waited and did mm -hmm. nothing. Different times, man. <laughs> I guess people like went insane <laughs> a lot more then. Um, uh, I already, we already mentioned that we saw some recurring uh, players from Stranger on the Third Floor. Um, I did make a note um, with the, I guess, reward that was offered for finding this Maltese Falcon in the beginning. Uh, he offered $5,000, which would be the equivalent of $100,000 today. Okay. And later, uh, the fat man offered $250,000, which would be $5.1 today, just for reference of, of those numbers. That's good to know. Like, I also, I had a hard time tracking. They were throwing out lots of numbers, and there was lots of back and forth on that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when they lost me a little bit as far as following the plot is when they start, when the Falcon comes up, and there's the back and forth of, I'll give you this much, but I don't mm -hmm. even know who has this. And it that was tricky it, it for me. It seemed like... At, I feel like at one point the guy pulled the reverse of like the classic um, dad joke of a son asking for money where like the, you know, the son asked for $50 and the dad goes $30. What the heck do you need $20 for? Like mm -hmm. um, type joke where it seemed like he was asking for $5,000 and he's like talks about $10,000 and immediately throws or then next throws out $15,000 just kind of talking it up as if he knows that he has got the leverage there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was kind of hard to figure out who was paying what for what and how they knew they could trust them or anything. But I was just trying to make note of or make sense of what those amounts really meant. Cause I'm like $5,000 seems like a lot of effort to do what they are doing and yeah. putting life online, all that. But for a hundred thousand dollars, bit different. $5.1 million? 5.1 million for 250,000. That's what I'm saying. That like also a little different. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was interesting how they kept having more midnight coffee. I guess when he got back to his, um, house his apartment whatever was making coffee late at night and i'm like what is it with them and drinking coffee so late at night i mean coffee and cigarettes right yeah but those would yeah and i guess just something to do and mm -hmm. i mean i guess it seems like it was already like almost dawn anyways just like a power mm -hmm. through kind of move in this instance in strange on the third floor they were just drinking coffee to drink yeah. coffee at 9 p.m the coffee shop was bumping in that movie i i don't know if maybe they didn't understand caffeine then and just they're like light coffee or if coffee wasn't as good and strong then because it was just, you know, crap coffee that might have even been ground before and or used before. Who knows? But just thought that was interesting. Again, uh, we already mentioned the action sequences being a little bit kind of cringy of like kind of re relied on a lot of just um, a yeah. hope and a prayer. 
yeah, that someone's uh, going to believe this. The best is when Sam comes up and tries to um, get the guns from the gunman by going up to his like overcoat, pulling it down around his arms. So he's like in like a weird, like straight jacket thing, then reaching down and pulling his two guns out because his arms are, are mm-hmm. stuck. It just, it took a lot longer that I feel like he could have definitely escaped that or avoided it or just pulled his like shoulders back up and grabbed his guns. But it seemed like he gave yeah. up very early and, on that. And even when Cairo was in his office with his little baby gun mm-hmm. and he just like walks up and just takes it out of his hand. And I was like, nobody would have that slow of reflexes. Yeah, he, well, you know, he does like a spin move and then grabs it. Like he would have just shot you then if he, if he was going to yeah. pull the trigger. I mean, all of these guys have guns, but I didn't see anybody pull the trigger. The only ones we saw were in the shot of the partner, I guess. getting. Yeah. Killed. We watched him die, but yeah. But we didn't even see the person with the gun. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I'm having in my 2023 brain, having mm-hmm. a hard time buying a lot of this because there would have been so much more. Well, how much would this, how good were the special effects there? And did they have oh. good, like guns with blanks? Then? I mean, I under, yeah. I 100% understand why that was not a thing, but it's just like. And I do wonder if that was an artistic decision here or if they just didn't have mm-hmm. the props to do it then. Yeah. Um. Later in the, in the movie, I made a note of why did why did we need the opening scroll, especially if they were going to explain the whole background behind the Falcon later? Mm-hmm. It seemed like that could have just been skipped. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's because a good question. The background, <laughs> they tell us about it later, but it, we didn't need to know it before then. It would have been better to just kind of be like, what the why do they care about this stupid thing until the guy explains it instead of being like, we know why because we saw, you know, mm-hmm. beyond the fourth wall, we saw the Yeah, it'd be scroll. one thing if they like dove right into the... Falcon and the fighting over it and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, it takes such so long to set it up that by then, like we said, we've forgotten about that beginning scroll that it, like you said, it's not, not necessary. Mm-hmm. And then I heard, I heard you remark during the movie, but I'd already made this note too about how I got a lot of vibes from Indiana Jones in this way mm-hmm. less over the top action and sequence, all that. But it felt like this guy was just slightly smarter than the average person and trying to find some like statuette and all of those things. And like you're, was, you're never really sure who you can trust. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, for, I mean, pretty early on, I I had some Indiana Jones vibes mm-hmm. without the jungle and the um, and also that kind being of stuff. Like far too close to, to no whips for comfort. Yeah, where it's like you could get caught at any, any point, or this guy's gonna just shot you at any point. Um, I had a plus X X. There's a second note I was gonna say about it, but I can't remember what that is now. <laughs> we can circle back if you come um, up with it. And the last thing I last note I had was the technology, where I kept finding myself thinking like someone was going to be like wearing a wire and they're having this conversation because they're going to use this to, to catch them or turn them in. Obviously that wasn't a thing back in 1941 or um, that someone was going to be like texting someone or, you know, slowly calling in the cavalry in these situations, but you couldn't really do that without going over to the phone and going to the rotary thing and going over eight different or seven different numbers to try to make a phone call real quick or talk to an yeah. operator. The, the rotary phone <laughs> killed me. And I'm just like, I remember, I mean, I remember as a kid, it was like such a point of pride of how quickly I could dial my grandmother's phone number, my best friend's phone number. It was like, Oh, I could dial it mm-hmm. so fast that to watch scroll all the way over, wait for it to go all the way back, find the next number, scroll the way. I mean, mm-hmm. It was so cringy to watch that. And I feel like he seemed like he was very slow with it. I feel like I used to use, play with my uh, grandmother's rotary phone and we could like dial much faster than that. But also it was hard because I knew he was calling the police in that instance, but it wasn't 911 because I don't think I also came around for that a while too. after that. That it was just like, oh, you got to call up and dial seven numbers so painfully slowly to call the police. Yeah. Crazy. I'm glad you were paying attention to that too because it was driving me nuts. Yeah. I was like, dial faster. But that's the last note I have on that unless I remember what I was also going to say about Indiana Jones. We'll come back to it. Okay, so 
my first note actually goes to the opening scroll and we kind of talked about it while it was happening, but they mention like pirates stole the um, Maltese Falcon. Mm -hmm. And we were like, Hmm, is this like a prequel to Jack Sparrow? And is this all coming back full circle Mm -hmm. to our theme from season one? The same universe. (laughs) So I just had to make a a quick note of that Mm because we had a good laugh about that. And then um, after the opening scroll, it was like setting the scene for San Francisco and I, they showed the first picture and I was like, oh, Golden Gate Bridge. Like, let me try and look a little closely at this. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, Golden Gate Bridge, San Francisco, San Francisco. And it was so quick that mm-hmm. I was like, Am I, was I seeing that right? Are we sure that's San Francisco? Because it was less than a second for each one. It I was, was so to look quick. at it and be like, does this look like at all like it does Exactly. Yeah, I was like, oh, we were there, not like, I mean, a couple of years ago, but Mm -hmm. I'd love to see what it looked like then. And then, I mean, all of a sudden we were in his office and I was like, we could have slowed that down Mm -hmm. just a little bit for me. And also the fact that it was in San Francisco and besides him referencing turn at this next hill or something, I didn't see any, I mean, they weren't going to show too many street shots, but I didn't see any hills around there. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is disappointing because that's hands down my favorite part of being in San Francisco. I think Francisco, I think it's just constant like cliffs. Mm -hmm. Nothing brings me greater joy than driving in San Francisco. (laughs) I know you hate it. Um, All right. My next note is, so kind of back to your technology and how things are different now is really thinking about how he was a private detective. And I guess like, I mean, I knew the, the parody of noir films growing up, but I never really thought about how a private detective would be so much more necessary back in this time. Whereas now we have the internet and you can see what almost anybody's doing Mm -hmm. or what they've been up to. Obviously people just like can put themselves out there less but for the most part mm-hmm. everybody's got social media email you do your own stalking just look them up search yeah. all the social media search i mean i could probably be a history. private detective based on how mm-hmm. much i grew up in the facebook stalking instagram stalking mm-hmm. world that it was like oh yeah like she's looking for somebody she has no clue of how to find anybody there's even not even mm-hmm. google maps to look up a street address like you have to rely on and other people for that to find out that that uh, address he was sent was a a what did he call it? A dull something. He, I, I don't he know. had some good words <laughs> yeah, for I that. Like that was a common phrase. It was, it was hooey. And he said something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. He called, he called the, the statue at a dingus, which does that mean something? Because I was just like, I associate that with it meaning like you're like an idiot. You're a dingus. Mm-hmm. Does that have some sort of like non, you know. Can you deep dive the word dingus for us for next I would, week? I would love nothing more than a deep dive dingus for next Please. week. Please. Um, at Wheezy Waiter would really appreciate a, a deep dive on the word dingus. Especially <laughs> Maybe he's been using it wrong. <laughs> we'll let him know. Um, and then, I mean, this is where my next note of what comes in because his partner dies and then he's having an affair with his, with her, with his partner's wife. Mm-hmm. And then everybody starts lying. And I mean, it was it a was situation was where I thought that he lot. was like the, the main guy was guilty. Or Sam Spader. Sam, Sp- Sam Spade. Spade. Yeah. That I thought that he was guilty the one that did it like early on, just like in Stranger on the Third Floor, I thought, uh, was Michael, is that the main character's name? I thought he was the, uh, excuse me, the killer in the beginning until later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I couldn't get a good read on him. I wasn't sure. And I, I mean, it seems like he was kind of, as a private detective, you kind of have to skirt the line of what's good mm-hmm. and what's bad to help the people that you're working for, but you're like kind of on the police's side, but not always. And I think... The line mm-hmm. there is very blurred. Yeah, which I it's hadn't really like thought a lawyer about. Where you hear a lot about crimes, but you're not going to turn all of them in because of like some confidentiality. But I don't think there was a legal um, mm-hmm. barrier for him. It was more just kind of a, it'd be bad for business if I just went around writing everyone out. He said a couple things about that, like that's bad for business, and I mean, it seems like that's a lot more of his motive for his stuff. Um, 
I also thought the camera angles were a lot more dramatic and noticeable in this. I mean, they might have been last week too, but just in this time period more than anything. I feel like nowadays we try to make the camera a lot more subtle of how we're capturing things, but all of a sudden it would just be this like really like from below shot up in somebody's face or Mm -hmm. it was a lot more harsh of a switch from instead of something like a little more gradual and maybe it's because it's black and white and you can't use lighting and color to your Mm -hmm. favor, but I felt like the camera angles were a little harsh and aggressive. Yeah, some of them felt like way too close, but I think in the beginning at least some of the shots were intentionally like that so you couldn't see, Mm -hmm. but yeah. I, I agree. I felt very claustrophobic in some of the shots, especially in the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, we talked about how the fight acting was just terrible. And even just like the punches and the slaps and all mm-hmm. that stuff. I mean, it was comical for us watching it with our perspective now. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how it was perceived in the 40s, but uh, I thought it was funny. Might have been cutting edge then. True. Okay, my next note is every time I... Uh, I don't consider myself like a super hardcore feminist. I definitely believe in like women's rights, but I'm not mm-hmm. like over the top about it. But every time he called one of these women like precious or angel or darling, it like made my skin crawl and just want to just throw up everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was made me so uncomfortable that if anybody ever was was like, oh, go put, go put on some coffee, precious. I'd be like, you go put on some coffee. Like <laughs> I'm not, do not talk to me like that. Absolutely not. And it just, it made me very uncomfortable. I mean, I'm just bad with like pet names like that in general, but I can't imagine like calling someone, especially someone not my wife, Precious. Yeah. I mean, he was just throwing it out all over the place. Mm -hmm. Precious Angel. Um, I wish I'd like made more note of it in the beginning. I started writing it down tonight and Mm -hmm. Precious and Angel were the big ones tonight, but it just made me very uncomfortable. And it's also super interesting just to watch how different men and women are portrayed. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm sure it wasn't portraying. It was just how it was. But it, it, I notice it more than I thought I was going to of how much more they kind of demean the women of, oh, like, she can't be trusted or she's a woman. It, and he, like, shook like shook her at one point, like, shaking sense into a woman, I feel like was, like, a thing that pe- people, men thought they needed to do then. Just mm-hmm. seemed very, like, cringy when I saw that. Yeah, it just, it all kind of makes me uncomfortable. I don't that, like that part did not age very well, yeah. but also I think was more of a sign of the time. But oh, I, I, I agree, it just was... Yeah. Kind of hard to watch some, some don't, spots. Don't you ever call me precious. <laughs> oh, God. I can't even say it. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. My next note is, I don't know if you noticed, but when he found the newspaper, when he was searching um, the fat man's apartment, mm-hmm. and he found the clipping that said, um, like, the Hong Kong Paloma boat or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't how, remember seeing that. It was a, he, that's how he knew to go look at the boat, as it was in the newspaper. Sure. But you could see that it was something that had been cut and pasted onto a full newspaper mm. so they typed out their script mm-hmm. and i noticed it at the last second and i almost had you rewind it because i was like oh i think that's mm-hmm. definitely like pasted on top and it's just interesting to think oh they like didn't make a whole newspaper whereas nowadays i think they would definitely yeah. make a whole newspaper full I, of fake of stuff favorite things to do in movies is like pause it when they have, there's showing like a nerd newspaper blurb to like read the rest because mm-hmm. they usually tell me to look at the article or the, the headline but i love to see the article or see like if i can see some of the things along the side of how much effort do they put into this fake news story nowadays i think props department are like all over like mm-hmm. oh we are gonna make up some uh, good stuff no nowadays it's gonna be chat gpt that's true before the last like six yeah. months <laughs> mm-hmm. hence the writer's strike true um but i thought it was just really interesting that you could see that they just took a newspaper and they found a place where they could put it and just pasted mm-hmm. it right in there um and then we kind of talked about all the up to, we kind of talked about this already but my last note is subtitles we started watching this movie with subtitles for the last 30 minutes and we I think we just have to watch them all 
mm-hmm. with subtitles because it is kind of it's like a little bit their accents and how they and because they're the, the language they use is slightly mm-hmm. different from from what we use now we only know of that language in like a parody standpoint so trying to follow what they're saying plus the audio quality is not super that and i, just I think, think the we just need was it great like the scene where they were at the boat and there was a lot of background noise going on i'm With like if fire. we didn't have the subtitles i wouldn't even know they were actually meant to be heard it mm-hmm. was so hard to hear yeah that i think from here on out we are definitely going to need to watch these movies with mm-hmm. subtitles because it made it a lot easier to follow because i think even last week didn't we watch the whole movie with subtitles last week um i don't think we did I can't, I can't remember because I feel like we've watched something recently with subtitles on. Tevye, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was something else though, but yeah. um, sometimes I just I just need it mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm following, especially for something like this where I'm trying to understand the plot. Mm-hmm. And as, although it does kind of take away with watching like their acting and some of that stuff, I just, I need, I need those subtitles on. Um, so my Indiana Jones note, I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, but something else I just remembered was I believe... Um, Indiana Jones, um, what's the name of that? What's the sub? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I believe Raiders of the Lost Ark took place in this time period that this movie was actually made. I want to say it was, it was 38. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting to think about, um, you know, trying to, trying to marry those two up is Mm -hmm. that movie was a more modern, um, take on that particular time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was also, just as we were talking about this rem- remembering that like this was filmed and taking place during world war two and they're making mm-hmm. this movie about this bird statue mm-hmm. and all of the world war two stuff. I think it was when you were talking about the coffee that was like reused mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, like war rations and like trying to make mm-hmm. sense of all that stuff that but I wonder like, really you know, this movie is, is filmed, made, sent to theaters. And I wonder how many of these movies were then sent overseas to the troops. And I guess if you've only got one movie or two movies or, you know, just a finite number of them, the troops are probably going to watch these, you know, once a week during their like movie. Mm-hmm time that they might have for some sort of downtime that I can see a lot of these being, you know, become really popular because it was the only thing they had. And so they had to watch it. Eating in their popularity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They come home and they just talk, Oh, let's go see that Maltese Falcon movie again, or talk Mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. It's all very interesting. And, um, maybe one of my deep dives, since we don't have too many for this week, we'll just be to look a little bit into like the Hollywood World War II mm-hmm. crossover era and if Hollywood played any part in that and mm-hmm. I don't know just see what I see what I can find out about that yeah. I am very curious about that mm-hmm. fascinating all right well I guess this is a wrap on mm-hmm. episode two of yeah. season two and again if, keep the recommendations coming if you guys mm-hmm. have any we are very excited to keep exploring this for sure and if you're enjoying the podcast make sure you subscribe if you're watching on youtube or um, follow or subscribe on wherever you get your podcast and if you really love the podcast to rate and review wherever you get your podcast thumbs up the episode on youtube yeah all the things and if you want any more like behind the scenes we post some reels and um working on getting better about posting more behind the scenes stuff it's just a lot to keep up with but Mm -hmm. um we have uh instagram and twitter both of them are at culture night pod and uh we'll be back next week with another film noir tbd can't wait yeah tune in next week cheers cheers